Andrew Harris of the Toronto Argonaut. My guys said they did all the negotiating with the Argos and then Pinball called them last minute. Did that happen with you? Um, initially, I just talked to Pete Costanza, who was the running back coach in Winnipeg last year. I, I, I sent a message out to him and just said, uh, hey, would there be an interest, any interest from Toronto uh, about, about bringing me in? He said, yeah, let me get back to you. And then the next day, uh, Pinball actually called me right out the gate. So they brought the closer in right, right, off, the, right off the jump. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome inside the RP Show, your favorite daytime sports talk show in Canada. And we say hey to our Canadian sports fan friends in the United States. It is episode number 697 of the RP Show, daytime sports talk, emanating from the Grey Eagle Resort and Casino in lovely Calgary, Alberta. Oh, right out of the gate, we got it going. And we welcome uh, to the program the lovely, talented co-host and president of DuPont Media, Darren DuPont. How you doing, Moose? I'm doing well. Doing well. Although we got a bunch of snow and it's cloudy. This isn't what I'm used to for the last week or so. Yeah, it is what it is. Minus three uh, Celsius, 26 Fahrenheit uh, here. What are we, the Weather Channel now? I know. Um, I just realized, do you have something special planned for our 700th show of the RP show? Should come your way around thursday or friday well i'm glad you gave me a heads up that it's coming this week maybe that's when we'll have our live audience what do you think ah that's a great idea see call it we're seconds into the show and we're already making miracles happen call it now yeah uh friday show whatever day is 700 yeah thursday or friday stick with us Coming up on the program today, it's just going to be fantastic ryan leslie from sportsnet flames as you heard off the intro there uh the flames contenders they're in it to win it after acquiring Tyler Toffoli yesterday Ryan Leslie will join us to speak on uh, the big trade and uh, Toffoli's first session with the media is this morning Ryan will recap that with us Flames great Rick Natris will be with us as well NHL uh, a veteran of 11 seasons and the great Lee Genier a guy that really needs no introduction but I'll introduce him to you anyways former NLL executive of the year President of the Saskatchewan Rush, 20 seasons the VP of Sales and Marketing for the Calgary Stampeders, and also the president of the CEBL for a, for a period of time, too. Lee Genier is going to be with us right here at Grey Eagle, so we're looking forward to that. Can you hit the uh, quick six show horn, uh, Jordan, and we will move into this daytime sports talk. This is a really big reason why you love this show, because we talk about the very latest of what's going on. And Darren, did you see... Team Canada beat China 7-2 in men's hockey in Beijing this morning to move into the quarterfinals. Canada will now face Sweden in the medal round. Games starting at, what, 7 a.m., 6.30 aren't ideal for all those of us. But whatevs. I caught some of the game. Some was sound. Some not was sound. I was running in the gym here on the treadmill, so I caught a portion of that. My crush, Mike Johnson, was doing color with Chris Cuthbert. I don't know if they were in Beijing or not. Doesn't matter. Can somebody tell me, has the curling been a little more competitive than the men's hockey? Because this game wasn't competitive. I mean, I was zero in on the goalies. And that guy for China, I felt bad for. I know. He, he, was, he shouldn't have been playing hockey. I think he should choose another profession. And then on the other side, Canada got up 5-1, and they, were, they got into bad habits, taking bad penalties. And I'm like, why am I watching this? This isn't good hockey. This isn't competitive. I like a close game. I like to see the game played well. 
That's not what happened in the Canada-China game this morning. So kudos, you won and you moved on, but it wasn't a good game. No, it wasn't. Adam Tambellini, I'm a big fan of his. He looked good. So did Jordan Wheel. But your guy, Mike Johnson, was hilarious. In He's the, game. the best color guy going. If you didn't see on the power, I think it was a power play, Tambellini's second goal, the one-timer, they were talking, they were praising how hard his shot is. 95 miles an hour. He's going to let it go. They're showing the replay and Mike's doing his thing. And then they showed it in tight. He's like, oh, he whiffed on it. It was a muffin. That was a muffin that went off the skate and through the legs of the Chinese goaltender. But uh, yeah, he's entertaining, and it was a you know Canada's good, but that was not a good game. Best hockey analyst today, Mike Johnson. Write it down. So Canada won. Uh, Canada has won its second gold medal of the Beijing Games. The trio of Isabel Weideman, Valerie Melte, and Ivani Blondin set a new Olympic record as they beat Japan to win gold in the women's team pursuit speed skating event. Snowboarder Max Perrault will be heading home from Beijing with two Olympic medals. The border from Bromont, Quebec, won the bronze in the men's big air competition after winning the slope style earlier in the games. And in men's curling, Brad Gushu's rink topped China 10-8 before dropping a 7-6 extra end decision to Russia. Gushu's team will need a win over Great Britain on Wednesday to assure Canada a spot in the medal round. That's point one, Olympic talk. Moving on. By the way, I'm not going to say that it's not important to talk about that. I just saw the ratings. Did you see the ratings for the top 10 most watched shows in Canada this week? No. Top four were all Olympic stuff. So I get everybody's into it. But here's the thing. When the Olympics are over, the NHL is still going to be going on. And let's talk about that. In no particular order, one-timers from Monday night. In St. Paul, Minnesota, rookie Matt Boldy had his first career hat-trick and added a helper to lead the Minnesota Wild to a 7-4 win over Detroit. In Seattle, Mitch Marner had a goal and two assists. Michael Bunting added a goal and a helper. And Tarana snapped a two-game losing streak with a 6-2 win over Seattle. I'm sorry. My laptop just went off. Did you hear that? Did that <laughs> yeah. pick up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Winnipeg. Alex DeBrinket scored his 28th goal midway through the third period, and Chicago defeated Winnipeg 3-1. DeBrinket beat Jets goalie Connor Hellebuck with a high shot at 9.42 to break a one-all tie. Patrick Kane had a goal and an assist, and Brandon Hagel added an empty netter. The Flower made 30 saves for the Blackhawks. Mark Shifley scored for the Jets, and Hellebuck stopped 21 of the 23 shots he faced. Jets 2-0-1 in their previous three games going in. Uh, let's talk about happy things today, not the Winnipeg Jets. It's not time to do the postmortem yet, unless your area code is 204, because it's over. Let's talk about happier things. In San Jose, Stuart Skinner made 20 saves in his first career shutout, and Edmonton beat San Jose 3-0. I'm telling you, Skinner is the Oilers' best goalie. Been saying it for a while. Connor McDavid. Darnell, Mar- Darnell Nurse and Warren Fogle scored for the oil. Former Sharky Vander Kane returned to San Jose for the first time with the orders. He was booed every time he touched the puck. James Reimer made 36 saves as San Jose lost its fourth in a row. So the Sharks are muffins. But whatever, the Oilers need a slump buster. They need a confidence builder, and they got it. Now, uh, the LA Kings will host the orders tonight. Not much rest for the Edmonton orders, but that's what went down Monday night. Our poll question today came from producer Clark. It's for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center, and it is, which is the top team in the NHL's Pacific Division? Now, I had to look at the standings. I had to make an executive decision, Moose. Okay. 
Do we have Moose, or did we lose him on camera here? Do we have Moose? Oh, yeah. There we go. I had to make an executive decision. Because the top four teams as we sit here today are Vegas, Calgary, Anaheim, and L.A. But that didn't seem right to me. That didn't sit right with me. Okay. So the options in the poll are Vegas, Calgary, Anaheim, and Edmonton. That's the poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. Uh, who's the best team in the NHL specific division? I voted for the Calgary Flames. Y'all, how are you answering that question? I would expect, you know, and this came up because of the Eichel coming back and the Toffoli trade. I would, but I would expect because we're in Western, we're a big audience in Western Canada that mm-hmm. Edmonton and Calgary will, will get the votes. Um, I think Vegas is the better team. I don't know where they're at with Mark Stone, but getting Jack Eichel back and if Stone can get back into the lineup by the playoffs or whenever that happens, how they you know, finagle the cap, I think Vegas is the best team right now. But it's really tight. Well, I'll tell you, uh, Jason in Red Deer watching says 100% the Flames are the best team right now, maybe even the best in the league. From Chris, she says, uh, Flames top team, yeah. BW checking in on YouTube. Good morning. I will tell you that everybody is getting down in this town about the Calgary Flames. And I am just pleased as punch that it looks like we're going to be here through the spring and what should be a long Calgary Flames playoff run. I'm just happy to have a front row seat, which incidentally, I have a point here, NHL tonight. That's like .5, Moose, so we'll get to that in a minute. But the Flames are home to Columbus tonight, and you and I are going. So that's exciting. Very. We knew when we got back to Calgary this was going to be awesome. The Anaheim Ducks are here tomorrow. Like, it's going to be hockey every night. And I got some WHL... uh, responsibilities and duties have come up here in Alberta for me. I got my Wheat Kings jacket on today. Bob's your uncle. Things are good. Bob's your uncle. I'm just, I'm just going to read a quick one here on the NFL. This is the story I was referring to yesterday, Darren. The NFL, I'm reading it from a Wire story. The NFL never stops making news. Even after the Super Bowl, pro football doesn't fade from view. Next up is the scouting combine in two weeks, followed by free agency in mid-March and key owners meetings at the end of that month. Then the draft in late April, this year in Vegas, where even the fountains at Bellagio will play a role. Follow that with OTAs and mini camps. And before Rams fans have exhausted their celebrations of winning the Lombardi Trophy, training camps are opening. All of that drawing the kind of attention every other sport envies. So that's what we'll be paying attention to, to the NFL. But I saw this. I saw my first. NFL mock draft came into my inbox, and my heart sunk into my stomach. I hate the NFL draft talk stuff. I, I don't like it. I know you don't. Do you like it? Um, not as much because I don't, I'm not, I don't watch a, lot, a ton of college football. Um, when we get closer to it, I'll be more into it. But, um, yeah, there's such a huge audience for that thing. I, right. I, I, as always, I'm the fish swimming upstream on it, but I just, it was exciting last year with all the quarterbacks going in. That I get. This year, there's not one quarterback, I don't think, in the top five I know. expected to go. I'm like, no, turn it off. Anyways, I'm going to jump on. Well, I'll read the Raptors for the Raptors fans that are watching. C.J. McCollum scored 23 points, and the New Orleans Pelicans shot a season-best 58.4% to defeat the Raptors 120-90 to in oh, New no. Orleans. Yeah, Fred Van Vliet scored 20, and Spicy P added 18 for Toronto. They've lost two straight after an eight-game win streak. Um, I've got point six. I'm jumping all out of order here, but Coyotes Arena. You've been asking me 
And incidentally, it's 11-11 in the heartland. Ooh, pay attention to your thought. The time is now. I did a little reading. Moose has been after me. It was like Sunday, I think. He's like, ask me on the air about the Coyotes Arena thing. I want to talk about the Coyotes Arena thing. And I'm like, oh, boy. Last night over our Valentine's buffet, I'm like, what do you want to talk about this for? My God. Stab me. But you want to talk. So I did a little reading. Okay. And now I have my take on the Coyotes Arena situation. They're going to be playing in an arena at ASU, Arizona State University campus in Tempe, that's between 3,500 and 5,000 seats. I've done my reading. I've done my research. It's not to- totally off what I thought, but I did learn some stuff on it. What's your opinion on what the Coyotes are going to do for the next three years? I just think it's a, I think it's a good opportunity for the Coyotes to create some buzz. That's what I think. You know, and I think you know, it takes the pressure off of ticket sellers and you know, the branding people to try and fill mm-hmm. 15,000 seats right, or 13,000 seats or whatever. All you got to do is try and fill five. Yeah. All you have to do is create a good atmosphere. They could play, and, and I know people say, oh, the rink sucks, and it's not a great rink, and it's not NHL quality. They could go play in the old Rutherford rink in Saskatoon. I know it's burned to the ground. But a 100-year-old rink with concrete everywhere that fit 800 to 1,400 people, doesn't matter. When, it, when a building is full, there's nothing better than that atmosphere. When the fans are right on top of the players, and visiting teams are going to go into a 5,000-seat arena, and it's going to be loud if, if you get 5,000 people in there and create an atmosphere. So here's an opportunity to create a really strong brand in the desert. And then when you go to 15,000 seats, you'll pre-sell tickets. There'll be some demand, right? And if this team ever snuck into the playoffs with a 5,000-seat arena, I mean, it, it's, there's a recipe there for some success. Interesting. <sighs> that you could be so wrong. Patrolman <laughs> Pete watching that? in Winnipeg says that that arena is perfect, dot, 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 for the Winnipeg Ice. From John Ohm in Winnipeg, he says, 5,000 seats. What a joke. Move them now, NHL. From my cousin Christine in Medicine Hat, she says, brutal. I again find it astounding how much people care about the Coyotes Arena situation. And that's fine. Here's your daily reminder that we are broadcasting live on Game Plus Television Network out of Toronto airing in all 10 Canadian provinces and 31 U.S. states, and adding more as we speak. Jason in Red Deer says, so the Coyotes' attendance will be basically the same, but they can't or won't be paying the giant lease fees. However, they will also not be making any money from concessions. I'm shocked that that's your stance, that it would create a buzz because it's a smaller arena. You had your chance, now's mine. What I looked up, in this whole scenario is that they don't have a deal or anything for a new arena because i've been thinking you're not old enough grasshopper to remember when the flames moved here from atlanta and they played in the corral which calgarians helped me out what it seats seven thousand nobody and i mean nobody had a problem with the flames playing in the corral because they knew the saddle dome was being built right across the parking lot if you wanted to have some sort of thought about where we're going. You just had to open the door and look. Oh, there's a saddle. That must be the greatest rank in the NHL. They don't have a deal for a new arena. So the linchpin in this situation for Arizona is this. Gary Bettman, the NHL commissioner, knows the owner, Alex Morello, has more money than God. And to me, I don't know all the details here, but commissioners love one thing. 
infinitely wealthy and rich owners. That's it. They're the guys that keep the leagues afloat. If, they, if the owners in Arizona were broke, I think the team would be gone. And why I don't like them moving to the arena and why I think that you're wrong on this is that if they had a deal struck and land designated, which they currently don't even have that for a new arena, I would say, okay, like we had here in Calgary, a bridge to the next arena. They don't have that. So you're big on perception, aren't you? Yeah. You're big on it. The perception is terrible that a big league team is playing in a minor league rink. And I've seen media here in Alberta say there's teams in the AJ that have nicer rinks than this one at ASU. The perception, Darren, is terrible for the National Hockey League. And you can't tell me that Gary Bettman isn't plugging his nose when he announces that he's okay with this. It's only because Morello, the owner of the Coyotes, will never go broke, ever. And that's what Gary Bettman wants. We need to take a timeout, okay? And we'll continue this when we come back. On the way, Lee Genier, Ryan Leslie, and Rick Natras. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network. YouTube Live as well in 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.